traveling through another dimension. Another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. But of mind. A journey into a wondrous land. land whose boundaries are that of imagination. That's the signpost up ahead. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. Tonight on the Twilight Zone podcast, we brave a meteor storm and hopefully I'm going to be able to make it through this podcast without going nuts, but we will see. I will try my best and that's all I can do. But thankfully, I've got a great guest with me tonight who will help keep me level. And my guest tonight is Willow. Thank you so much for coming on, Willow. Thank you so much, Tom. I'm really excited to do this. Okay. Now, you and I have been kind of friends in the Twilight Zone world for a couple of years now online. We speak about the Twilight Zone behind the scenes. Um, So I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. You're one of the people who I've, uh, I've always wanted to kind of have a proper conversation with. So this is quite exciting for me too. I'm so glad, and I think this is the perfect uh, episode to to do it with because it's very, um, it's kind of close to my heart in many ways, so. (laughs) Good, good. Okay, so this new Twilight Zone so far, what are your thoughts on it? Have you been enjoying it? Yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like there's been a lot of negative or I'd say fear in general for Mm -hmm. people around whether Jordan Peele is going to be able to do justice to the original. Um, I was not a huge fan of the 80s Twilight Zone. I didn't watch the the 2000s one at all. Mm -hmm. um, But, you know, I love Jordan Peele. Key and Peele has always been one of my favorite shows. I thought Get Out was brilliant. So I was really looking forward to this. And although, you know, there have been some episodes that haven't quite been my favorites, Mm. um, I still have overall really enjoyed it and really look forward to the release of each new episode. So I'm very happy so far. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice feeling, isn't it? Every Thursday, I wonder what the Twilight Zone got for us this week. I guess, you know, I've tackled some of the criticisms with other guests, things like the length and, you know, the swearing in the show. I guess maybe one that I would like to ask you about is it seems that one of the criticisms is that the messages are just a little too on the nose. You know, even people who, you know, I'll, I'll take the Wonderkind as an example. I've had people emailing me who say, you know, I've got no love for Donald Trump, but an episode like that, because they seem to go go for him so much, it was almost like it doesn't leave any room for self-reflection. It just is kind of saying, this is bad, rather than putting a question in people's minds to say, you know, well, have I been manipulated? Is this the person who I want to represent my values kind of thing? The show is just saying, he's a big baby, this this is the kind of world you've created, if you like. That's just an example, but it is a criticism that I've seen about this episode too. Whether that's end, we will talk about in a moment, but how do you feel about that aspect of it? Do you feel that it's too on the nose? You know, I I will say that out of all the episodes so far, The Wonderkind has been my least favorite, and not because I particularly like Donald Trump myself, but... um, and it's, I'm not quite sure it's because it's been too on the nose. I, I can't, it's kind of hard to define why um, it wasn't my favorite. But, you know, I think a, a big part of the original show was social commentary. And it's not surprising to me that it would be taken to another level in 2019. Yeah. I thought... Is it Rewind or Replay? I thought that was an excellent episode, um, and it was very similar in some ways in terms of the social commentary aspect. So, you know, I think it really depends on the episode. Mm-hmm. That That's what I would say. And I, and I really would want to say, as far as the cursing, wow, with, the, you know, it doesn't bother me at all. Like, I have no issue with it. Yeah. But with... With this particular episode, it's almost difficult to talk about the episode um, and uh, and not curse <laughs> because there yeah. is so much 
missing in it. So I'm going to do my very best to um, <laughs> abbreviate some of those. That's okay. You know, that's what the beep is there for. I can always do that if, if you slip. Don't worry about it. Okay. Okay. Now, you know, before we get into the episode proper, I, I do think we need to have a bit of context because clearly this, this episode is uh, in the aftermath of Me Too. Um, I'm always interested to get the perspective of something from your side of the pond because things can be a bit different. Obviously, it, it was here as well. Can you tell us a bit about that that kind of movement on your side of the pond? What was going on? You know, on your thoughts about it? Well, I think that perhaps it just got to a point where people were coming forward, where, where they hadn't so much been coming forward before, and people are believed more than they were. And there are actual consequences to mm -hmm. the actions that some people have taken. And I think, you know, people are just noticing this real shift in what what is acceptable you know there there was a, a tweet that i saw that said you know actually it never really was acceptable you know it never really was okay for you to do the things that you did it's just that now you have to fear for losing your job over it whereas mm -hmm. before you didn't you know and so yeah, I think more people are being open about their experiences and, and being vulnerable about the things that they have been through. Yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, there's going to be some belief that happens because a lot of the time there's a lot of denial that it even exists, um, sexual harassment and um, or it's not that bad, you know, minimizing things like that. So I guess... What came part and parcel with Me Too is the title of this episode, which is called Not All Men. And if you wouldn't mind, I'd just like to read something out on that was on Wikipedia because I, I think it kind of crystallizes what... Um, because, you know, Me Too happens and then you get all these... You get guys saying, well, it's not all men. It's not all, We're not all like that. And that response in itself... Uh, came in for criticism and I think the reasons for that was, is crystallized quite well in this in this so I'll just read this passage out it's from a journalist called Phil Platt and he says it's not an unexpected response however it is also not a helpful one why it is not helpful to say not all men are like that for lots of reasons for one women know this they already know not every man is a rapist or a murderer or violent they don't need you to tell them. Second, it's defensive. When people are defensive, they aren't listening to the other person. They're busy thinking of ways to defend themselves. I watch this happen on Twitter over and over again. Third, the people saying it aren't furthering the conversation. They're sidetracking it. The discussion isn't about the men who aren't a problem. Instead of being defensive and distracting from the topic at a hand... Try staying quiet for a while and actually listening to what thousands upon thousands of women discussing this are saying. Uh, fourth, and this is important, so listen carefully, when a woman is walking down the street or on a blind date, or yes, in an elevator alone, she doesn't know which group you're in. You might be the potential best guy ever in the history of history, but there's no way for her to know that. A fraction of men out there are most definitely not in that group. Which are you? Inside your head you know, but outside your head it's impossible to. So I think that gives a, a nice grounding to what we're about to discuss, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. I also looked on Wikipedia for the definition that they, that they would put on there for this because mm -hmm. I thought obviously there's great significance to that being chosen as the title of the episode. And I think that hits it completely on the nose that it really is a derailment tactic. Women do know that it's not all men. So really, it's being said for, for the man itself, hmm. him, himself, because he is feeling defensive and accused um, just by the statement that generalizations that may be made about men, um, you know, that, that aren't necessarily, that we know aren't, we already know aren't true of all men. But it 
it's, it's, it's hard, I think, to be, uh, I mean, I do have some empathy for, you know, someone being on the receiving end of that, you mm-hmm. know, to, to be hearing men do this and men are like that or something like that. And I think it's just because of the, um, the group of experiences that so many women, that all women, you know, there's also hashtag yes, all women, you know, that all women have experienced these things over the course of their lives. And that mm. that's all been a response to the hashtag, not all men. It's a, it's a difficult discussion to have, to be honest, because I think, you know, I'm not setting myself up as a as sort of paragon of perfectness as a guy, but it, it was, I think, a time to just sit back and listen. And when you strip away all of the chatter on the internet and on the news no one's coming kicking down my door you know what I mean no one's treating me any different because this has happened the the kind of aspect of it of feeling attacked is quite I find quite easy to remove myself from because I I don't expect women to have to you know put a disclaimer with every tweet saying but not all men are like this you know what I mean it it just doesn't it's kind of ridiculous to expect that. So, you know, from a personal level, from my point of view, nothing in my life has changed because no one's coming and kicking down my door from me too. So so I think it's, you know, people maybe do need to take a step back and, and just listen. It's, it's not really going to negatively affect anyone's life unless maybe there are some aspects to yourself you need to kind of look at as a result of it so i don't know willow sometimes <laughs> this new twilight zone kind of plonks you in the middle of a minefield and it's it's difficult to kind of tiptoe around it but do you, do you get what i'm getting at sure and also i mean you know not that we know each other very well but you are not the type of guy that i would you 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 are not all men you know so so i i would i would place you in the category of somebody who probably wouldn't feel the need to get really defensive about it because i just don't see you that way so i couldn't i can't imagine if i knew you in real life and we were going to see the twilight zone play that that you would be um making inappropriate unwanted moves so to speak (laughs) Well, thank you, Willow. That's that's very kind of you to say. All right. Well, should we get into it then? Should we start talking about our episode? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. First broadcast on the 9th of May 2019, written by Heather Ann Campbell and directed by Christina Cho. When Annie goes to the house of a colleague named Dylan to watch the meteor shower, they're surprised when the meteors literally begin falling around Dylan's house. When they investigate, Dylan recovers one of the meteor rocks. When they continue their evening, Dylan makes a pass at Annie, but when she resists, he begins to become angry and violent. This is the beginning of a chain of events in which the men of the town seemingly become infected by the rocks and their behaviour becomes increasingly violent. But where does their natural behaviour end and the effect of the rocks begin? Okay, so that's a little summary. I, I guess we'll kind of step through this bit by bit but you know I ask everyone I do love opening narrations what do you think of the opening narration Willow? I thought it was great of course I was thinking about you when I saw Jordan Peele (laughs) right there in the scene because I know that's something that you really enjoy and it's something that I really enjoy too Uh so I thought it was great no complaints here good good so what I think with this episode quite quickly is we meet the character of Annie played by uh, I think it's Thaisa Farmiga and mm-hmm. what I think is quite smart about it is and it's something that Replay did as well you introduce us to a character you can't really help but like the character we couldn't help but like the the people in Replay as well so essentially you don't have to be of that person's race or sex to then start to empathize with them and like them and when they go on their journey then you are kind of in their shoes to a degree so I think this is pretty smart what do you think yeah I mean you know I watched the episode with um another man 
Mm-hmm. And he said it was really easy for him to slip into the shoes of, of the woman that, that it actually allowed him to experience what it might be like for women to go on a date like this. Mm-hmm. And that was, that felt really good to hear. Um, for me, it was, I was just like, yeah, this, this is what it's like, you know, fr- from the very beginning, you know, she, she with her in the office and kind of every I could relate to every aspect of sort of her feeling like she needed to take on take on this this task because Mm -hmm. she be a team player you know and she didn't want to say no and you know it, it just felt like you know just the the little things I really related to and it's also her being on the date but maybe I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves there. No, that's okay. That's okay because it, 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 yeah, I'm not going to ask you, you know, specifically about your experiences, but it's a, it's certainly a thing that I can only really hear from a woman. So, it, you know, is this an accurate representation? Do you think? Oh, definitely. I mean, and and the thing that I really enjoyed about um, the way that they did it was it was murky. What happened? You know, he didn't attack her, but he also didn't respect her no. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she she tried to kind of nicely get away from the situation several times, and he really wasn't listening to her. And but but did he assault her? I mean, not really. So and and that's kind of brought up later on in the episode when she's talking to her sister about it and her sister is asking, why didn't you tell me? Mm. And it's kind of like, well, what, what do you say exactly? And also he was really sending very conflicting messages, like how he said, gosh, I don't know if this is something I can say, but how, you know, he said, I'll do you first. Mm. And then he was like, wait, do you think I'm trying to, sleep with you, you know, as, as though that wasn't patently obvious, you know, yeah, it's a quite a bit of gaslighting and, and yeah, I have been in situations very similar to that before. I, I think something that I, I can kind of relate to and comment on is the next day in work. I think workplace chatter is definitely, you know, I've worked with guys, I've worked with women and you know when something goes on in the office and uh, a couple hook up you know they do or they don't sleep together you know I, I have been privy to the way you know there's a scene where Dylan talks to the other guy in the office and he's kind of looking over and, and you can imagine he's probably like yeah you know she's frigid or you know he's talking her down in some way so that is something that I can kind of relate to and and think is is pretty spot on as well. Yeah, you I mean you notice that the other guy Perry, I think his name was shook his head as they were looking as Dylan and Perry were looking at Annie and that was when you got the sense that they had been talking about that at least for Okay, so I guess the the next progression in the story is the is the dinner scene, the birthday, the start of the birthday celebrations. And, you know, I, I kind of like this scene. There's, there's a few things going on. I think I need to watch this again to, to maybe pick up on some of them. But, you know, th- then things like mansplaining and so on comes in. That's, that's a difficult one for me. I, I never get involved with conversations online about that. I don't really, um, I don't know. I've never really sat and thought about it. That was a very interesting scene because Mm. I think what was still going on at that time was there hadn't been this madness hadn't broken out yet. Right. So Mm -hmm. it was like there was this veneer of of, uh, social respectability going on and like the word mansplaining was used, like you said. And then um, Martha's husband used the word woke, you Mm. know. And so there was kind of this, there, there were both kind of, um, commenting on and maybe slightly mocking the, the concept of, of being, being woke, of being, um, sort of, uh, progressive in, in the way that you, 
view relationships between men and women. But, Mm -hmm. you know, there was still some subtle sexism going on in that scene. I felt like when Annie's boss said she's the best entry level girl in the office. And I just I just winced when I heard that because, um, you know, that's that's very common. And and a lot of people would say, oh, you're making too much of that, you know, but but it's 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 annoying. You know, it's not something that I particularly enjoy. And then um, when they were talking about um, Martha's husband uh, going into the French kitchen, you know, and mm-hmm. that that he would go in there even instead of her, be, even though his French was bad, you know, because heaven forbid they sent her into this den of louts, you know, uh-huh. it's like this, this false sense of like protection of, of, of her when, you know, maybe she didn't need that protection. Maybe she would have been just fine. And like, she could have spoken French to whoever was there. And mm. then it would even be a story. I don't know. Um, you just see bits of, of, the things that that we as women experience on a regular basis. I it's funny, you know, there's the stuff that um I think your input is invaluable on because I'm certainly not in your shoes. And then the scenes like the bar scene where I can kind of relate to it a bit more because I've I've seen guys behaving like that in bars. You know, that's when things are really starting to cook. That's when the meteor is starting to take effect, whether it is or not. We'll talk about that later on. But, um, you know, things are starting to escalate and the behaviour of guys in bars, there is a, a certain commonality in that I would be sitting in that bar thinking, oh, crap, any minute now I'm going to end up, you know, is this guy going to try and pick a fight? Whereas a woman is probably more in a position of, oh, my God, is this guy going to start hitting on me now because he's just, you know, an a-hole? So I, I think that that is maybe something I can relate to a bit more in that scene, if you know what I mean. It seemed to escalate pretty quickly, you know, mm-hmm. with, with them. And I thought there was some significance to the fact that, that it kind of centered around this one guy that had been bullied a lot, Zeke the Geek, mm-hmm. you know, um, that that he, you know, either was being pressured to take the shots with the rocks in them or whatever, and 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 he just kind of lost it, you know, at, perhaps as a result of having been messed with mm. by other men for so long. Um, I definitely would have been out of there much quicker than they were. <laughs> And, and it was kind of interesting how they were talking about the, the one woman's kind of like as having sex with her husband in the car and like talking about it's okay because we're married. Mm-hmm. That kind of left a question mark in my head about like, you know, what was what was the meaning of that being included? Because Annie is seemingly the only single female of this group. Yeah. Anyway, that was just a thought I had about that scene. Now, I, I guess the the kind of big horror centerpiece for me, because it does feel like a kind of um, invasion of the body snatchers or something, that kind of horror movie. I, I think it was really nicely suspenseful. It, it builds tension quite well. And the landmark scene for me is this part where they go home and a, a guy follows them home from a bar and the sister's husband, Mike, ends up beating them to death. Now, he then comes back into the house and I think what's smart is that they are stepping through the kind of female experience. Now, a rare sort of personal anecdote, in my kind of professional life previously, I have worked with victims of domestic violence a lot. And this scene really kind of stuck out to me the the kind of you know blow out your candles the the forcefulness in a in a very sort of domestic situation if you like because that kind of walked through my door a million times the the kind of day-to-day control and coercion even when it wasn't physical violence so i think this kind of spoke to me a bit what what do you think of this part you know it was clearly a terrifying experience for them but you know the most striking thing to me was 
sort of um, how beautifully that scene was shot. (laughs) It's just like how first when he comes back in, he's saying, you should have seen me. He was just proud and and he felt felt it was this this glorious thing that he had beaten this man to death. And um, he goes to the sink and we can't really see at first because it's so dark Mm -hmm. how bloody his sweater is. And then when he kind of starts moving out of the dark, you know, you just very slowly get into this place of, of absolute terror of, of, of like, you know, this man, he's really lost it. You know, this is not the same person that, that we saw the day before, or was it the same day? I can't remember, but, um, yeah. And when he had that knife in his hands and he was telling her to blow out the candles it really was, you know, very threatening without being explicitly threatening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she was clearly terrified and she did what he told her to do, which I would have done the same. Yeah. He started to accuse them of wanting to bring the guy there, you know, uh, um, in this sort of familiar way of kind of turning it around to blame the woman for the fact that the man was there yeah and that was when he started chasing annie i mean all, all this ring rings very true from the kind of accounts i've heard that the people i've spoken to the shifting of blame the deflection i'm doing this but it's your fault i'm doing this you know uh, all of that rang really really quite true to me i think one of the the things we will probably talk about the most is the ending so before we get to that is there anything else you want to kind of pick up on before the ending the scene where they kind of wander through the town and all hell is breaking loose is that yeah absolutely i also thought that that was beautifully shot um it really uh illustrated the insanity of what was was happening Mm -hmm. and you really could put yourself there in in their in their bodies, you know, with, with what was going on. Um, my, my favorite scene actually of the whole episode was the scene of the men in the fountain Yeah, because it was really, first of all, it was a nice break from, from just the, um, the looting and the beating up on people and the beating on police cars and stuff. It it was not pure aggression. Mm -hmm. It was, it was something else. They were almost celebratory in this fountain, and they were. I saw the. Um, I can't remember the name for it now, but they were dumping the rocks in the yeah. fountain, and then and then I don't know if you caught the the part where it said "f you, Chad, f you, Becky, f your feelings." Mm. Do you recall that? Yeah. Uh huh. I do. I do. That actually, I I. When they said Chad, I immediately knew what they were referring to. It, those those names are actually um, significant in the incel movement. Do you have any familiarity with that? Oh, not not at all. Please, please tell me. It's pretty terrible. But, but so in the United States, there's this um, new sort of you would call it a movement, I suppose, of incels, which stands for involuntary celibate. Mm. And it's a movement of men who are not having sex and they are resentful of, of women for this fact. They essentially believe that they are owed sex by women. I don't know how well I'm going to explain this and that, you know, it makes them very angry and they, many of them retreat to the internet. Mm to commiserate with other like-minded incels. And this has actually been the cause of several mass shootings that we've experienced, uh, most of which have been directed towards women by these men, these self-described incels, um, taking out their rage on women. Um, and so a Chad in this context is, is a man who... Um, is kind of like attractive, stupid, maybe wealthy, who gets all the women very easily. Right. And okay. So he's despised by the incels. 
And a Becky is a woman who thinks she's all that, but she's really not. And she's typically a feminist. But because she's a woman, she has no problem with getting sex like incels do. Hmm. She is also hated by these incels. So the fact that they used those names was definitely no accident. Mm-hmm. And then and then the F your feelings thing was also, um, you know, I think a commentary on like the expectation that men are sensitive, be sensitive to women's feelings. And they were just thrilling in the fact that this was uh, not necessary anymore, you know, when they were in the tin. So. Wow. I, <laughs> That blows my mind, that, that incels thing, just when you think you've heard it all. My God, it's a, <laughs> it's a crazy world. It's a crazy world. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, well, you know, I, um, I don't really read reviews until after I've kind of put my things out there. But, you know, I kind of, out of the corner of my eye, I see things, I see opinion, and I think the ending of this one has really put a few people's noses out of joint. Um, so I'm going to be super interested to hear your take on that, Willow. That The ending was basically they say that, well, actually, this was a choice, that it wasn't the effect of the rocks, really, but it, it was a, the choice of the men to act in this way. So let, let's unpack it a bit, because it's certainly something that I'm going to really be interested in everyone's opinion on. So what's yours, Willow? I mean, I think... Hmm. It's a tough one. Hmm. I mean, you know, uh, it doesn't, you know, I think some people would like to believe that it was a, um, the meteorites because it abdicates the men from the responsibility of doing what they did, you know, and, and granted, I mean, the the scene the the mob scenes and the and the fountain scene they were really hyperbolic i mean it it was taking it to a level that doesn't truly exist the majority of the time you mm-hmm. know it, it, for for most men but you know at the same time i do think you know like with the son cole when he kind of had that seizure thing almost and he was like battling with this thing you know where I imagine that part of him wanted to turn you know and 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 part of him didn't the whole thing kind of implies that you know any man is capable of being this way Mm -hmm. not not the way of 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 you know, tearing people apart and beating them to death with bats, but that even the little things, you know, um, that, that, that it is a choice. And I, and I, I, I can't say I really disagree with that. I mean, I think that it is something that there's a seed of it in many men, maybe not all men. (laughs) And, and, um, you know, uh, I, I think the ending was appropriate. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can backtrack a little bit. Sure. That's okay. Um, when Perry, the guy on the motorcycle, was following them back to the house, you know, before he followed them, you know, the, the moment of him saying, oh, hey, Annie, I know you from work. And she ignored him and he was like, you effing B or something like that, you know, like you're so rude, whatever, whatever. I mean, I feel like I've been through that situation multiple times, that, that very thing. So like that was, that was so incredibly relatable, at least to me personally and um, being followed and the fear of being followed is something that I have definitely experienced and then when they were stuck at the gate and they weren't able to, to go in and they were having a conversation about it and um, Annie was talking about Dylan and struggling to explain what had actually happened. Mm. And her sister said, you know, well, before I was married, you know, I went on many crappy dates, 
you know, and she's like more than crafty. Mm-hmm. And um, I discussed that with the um, person who I watched the episode with after the episode. And to both of us, it was clear we agreed she was referring to having been raped. Right. And um, that was really, I think, well done. That it was not, um, they didn't kind of hit you over the head with it. You know, they just sort of, um, they made that be a thing in, in the episode. That like, it, it can it can go that far. You're absolutely right. I think that, that was a really revelatory scene. And really part of that journey for me in understanding that that women have had to kind of almost pander to men to to kind of say you know to keep themselves safe you know earlier on when in the the sort of when he's making a pass out of Dylan and she's sort of saying oh you know this this was so nice no it's fine I just want to you know and she's really kind of pandering them to just keep them from going over the top and the fact that there is this kind of shared experience that men don't necessarily know about you know and it's more widespread than than we know and that was kind of the point of me too so yeah that that really was a great scene okay i also wanted to add that i really loved the fact that the son was gay and it was this kind of surprise that we thought he was just hanging out with this male friend of his Mm -hmm. but um but then it turns out he's his partner and he experiences the same thing that women experience, you know, and it was this really nice way of, of showing how it's not just women that mm-hmm. go through this, you know, it's, it's, it's anybody who, who dates a man can experience, you know, there's male on male domestic violence and uh, there's male on male rape. And that kind of thing does does exist. So I thought that was kind of beautifully added. I think uh, my own view on the ending is because I, I really enjoyed the episode. And it was another one, though, where I got to the end and, and I was a bit like, huh, okay. If I take it purely on a, a storytelling kind of perspective, that this was just a placebo I'm not sure 100% makes sense because there was a sort of physical manifestation of it. Um, You know, their eyes would go red, they get all veiny and stuff like that. There was something happening within them. So I guess we should note that it was actually Annie who said it was a placebo and the, the scientists weren't going to find anything. It doesn't necessarily mean it was the case because they ha- they were still examining this stuff. But I think, you know, we've got to kind of go with that was what the episode was saying. So from a storytelling aspect, I'm not, I'm not sure it 100% made sense. I, I really can't get my head around that. Do you know what I mean? If, if we take out the fact that that's what they're saying, just purely from the, the narrative point of view, do you think that worked? You know, that's a good question, and, and all the points you're raising are really valid. I mean, I, I almost think that um, we may be supposed to be left with it being a bit of a question mark. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure if, you know, and that's something that I feel like has been done uh, in this new series a few times. Yeah. And, and that can be hard to sit with because you sort of do want an answer. Um, mm-hmm. I often do. And I agree with you, the eyes turning red, the veininess, and just the sheer, um, the sheer degree of insanity that occurred, you know. But what I thought was actually really well done is how they um, – you know, at one point before, uh, Jordan Peele comes back again, you know, they, they pull back and they show on this TV a thing about a mass shooting done by a man and, um, a road rage incident between two men. And I thought that was really nicely done how it kind of brought it back to the reality of, of, of things rather than you know, there was no longer this, you know, complete bedlam going on, 
But it, it, it did say, oh, you know, to a certain extent, you know, at least here in the U.S., like, the, the, you know, these things do happen. And, you know, I am typically the first to comment, and I'm going to get my feminist man-hating card here <laughs> by saying, like, why is it always a man who's doing these mass shootings? You know, mm-hmm. like... I, and I don't know the answer to that. Like, but, but it, it, it does seem that it's virtually almost always true. And, um, road rage incidents often typically involve men. And, and these things are really much more common. I mean, especially now in the U.S. with the level of gun violence that we have going on. Um, so I think it kind of brought it back to a more, realistic level at that point before he um, came back on and did his postscript or whatever you would call that. Sort of in that that same ballpark as well. I I think the the progression of the effects was nicely done and and maybe I wish they'd have played with that a little bit more throughout rather than being at the end in that you don't know so, okay, so where does their natural behavior end and the meteor effect begin? I, I think that was really cool, but by saying that there was no meteor effect, that it kind of throws that out a little bit. Also, and this is what, what kind of I struggle with, if, if there was no meteor effect, then how did this even start? You know, I just, I can't wrap my head around that because for it to progress like that, I almost feel like that there did need to be some effect from the meteors and that so that's from a kind of storytelling narrative point of view then we get to the aspect of and i think from the things i've seen online from you know people who've criticized the end and you know a a guy could sit there and be like yep absolutely you know that's right i've seen guys like that in bars yep people have told me about guys behaving like this i'm completely with you and then it gets to the end and it's almost like a bit, a bit of a slap in the face because they're, they're kind of saying there was no meteor effect. All guys are like this. And, and I think that's where a lot of the criticisms are coming in because, because I do count myself a, as a guy who is sitting there saying, yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you. And I was completely cool with, with the message, whether, I don't. I don't think feel betrayed by the episode is the right thing, you know what I mean. But it, it almost did feel like it was like, well, all guys are like this. So, and I do get the choice aspect to it. You know, the son made the choice not to be that way, and I do appreciate that the episode w- was presenting that that you don't have to be this way. You can make the choice to be better. So I like that that is the case, but I just think the execution was such that it almost kind of paints you into a corner to say, whoa, whoa, it's not all men. And, and I say that as someone who, who has never, ever even been tempted to utter those words. So, you know, is that a flaw in me or is that a flaw in the episode? I don't know, but I watch it and... The problem with it from a storytelling perspective and then this sort of derails the ending a bit for me because how would this even start? Some meteors fall and they just decide to become angry. You could say that there is a chemical effect within them, but it's whether they choose to give in to it. But then the scientist is saying that there's no parasitic effect. You know, so it's sort of failing on that point uh, as to why this has even happened. But then it kind of gets to a point where I, I do kind of see the point of some people who say, well, it doesn't leave you with something to ponder. It maybe just sticks the knife in and twists it to the point where people will just be like, whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. You know, it, it almost does paint you into a corner to be like, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. It's not all men, because I know we see the son resisting, but he's the only one. It seems like every other man has made the choice to be this way. And, and I'm not someone who needs patting on the head to say, you know what, it's okay. We think you're all right. 
I don't need that because I know that. And that's kind of the point of why not all men was sort of uh, derided anyway. So I don't know. It just, I think the metaphor of the behaviours brought on by the meteor was was all right as it was. Then to just sort of pull the rug out like this, um, yeah, I'm not really 100% sure how I feel about that. So that's certainly one I'm going to have to ponder. Well, you know, I do agree with you that um, whether it was the meteors or not is 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 an, a part of the episode that was sort of untied and undone and mm-hmm. not not really satisfactorily um, explained. I would mm-hmm. I would absolutely agree with that. You know, I do think you know that was part of the point of having Cole. Um, be, you know, have, have resisted how he did. Mm-hmm. And, and when they were in that army tent or whatever, um, they were, they were talking about it. And he said, and, and, the, um, the women were asking him about it. And he said, I choose, I chose to, mm-hmm. you know, I just chose to not be like that, you know, not turn, not do that. Yeah. And I, and I think that that was the the statement that 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 the show was making is that it is a choice, mm-hmm. you know that that maybe men have this kernel of possibility within them, you know, to become this way, but that it's not inevitable. Mm-hmm. You know, and then and then and then it gives men agency and responsibility for the choices that they do make. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is really important. Um, you know, I think Jordan Peele's, I, gosh, I don't know what you call his, his closing um, statement. You yeah. know, I don't know what the term would be for that. But but he said something like it was a plague. Of men, the men were suffering from a plague of conscience, mm-hmm. one that gave them permission to ignore decency, consent, and fear. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that, you know, Cole refused to give himself that permission. And that is the statement about not all men, that it's really true that it isn't all men, mm-hmm. you know, and that circling back to what we talked about in the beginning, I think women do know that, that yeah. it's not all men. Otherwise, we would go li- off and live on a lesbian island, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, but most of us don't. Most of us, you know, who are the, the ones who are, you know, at least heterosexually or bisexually inclined, you know, are willing to take a risk on certain people that we feel are worthy of, 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 of that risk. And from what I know of you, I would certainly place you in that category. Oh, thank you, Willow. Thank you. So... Where does this rank then in your, you know, in the new series for you? Is it near the top, bottom, middle? What do you think? I mean, well, first of all, I have to say that um, last week's episode, Six Degrees of Freedom, was by far my favorite episode so far in the new series. Mm-hmm. I loved that episode. I thought it was pure Twilight Zone, and I I think I would probably have to say Replay or Rewind was my second favorite episode. Then possibly either this one or Nightmare at 30,000 Feet. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say, you know, middle to high. It's interesting with this one that they seem to know when to leave out the kind of references it's a bit more of a serious topic you know you don't want to walk and see talky tina sitting in the house or something you know what i mean i i didn't catch any references did you no i didn't and i really took note of that as well that they were not there was nothing there which was interesting because uh rewind was also you know a pretty serious um, social commentary episode as well, and they did include several of those references. So yeah. that that was interesting that that they didn't do it. But maybe they're tr- trying to be not too heavy handed with it, which mm-hmm. I can appreciate. 
And I didn't think it was missing or um, anything like that. So that that didn't bother me. Okay. I, I think we'll leave it there, Willow. It's, um, it's certainly a conversation starter and maybe that's the point it's some it's really getting that conversation going and you know from that first trailer we had where Jordan Peele walked through the football stadium you know this is why I don't mind the Twilight Zone tackling these topics and and I think where the criticism's coming in is the, the sort of level of it or how on the nose it is whereas to me when he walked in it was almost like okay the Twilight Zone's back and we've got something to say about this stuff, you know? People's levels of how explicit they should be about it are, are quite different, and that's, I guess, where the conversation comes in. I'm still thinking about this one, you know? I'm still thinking about it. and I, But I, I did really enjoy it. I, I thought it was a good one. And I'm, I'm so glad you were here with me to give me a perspective that I just don't have but it's also so nice to speak to you after all this time. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Good. Okay. So I think everyone knows the the routine by now. If you want to get your thoughts in about this one, then you have until the end of Sunday, the 12th of May. And then the, and then the episode after that drops on the 16th. And you have until the end of Sunday, the 19th. And you can email me at tz2019 at the twilightzonepodcast.com so that's our show for tonight and i'll speak to you next time bye for now